Wow, what a day we are having. And I've read in God's Word that He's not done with us yet. Amen? All right. I ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. This morning we will review one verse. We will use other scriptures to enlighten that, but as you know, we are making our way through the Ten Commandments. Yes, there are ten of them, and Scripture has told us, we've talked about already, as you make your way to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, that all of these commandments, these words that we're studying, are the words spoken by God. He has given them to us. They are rooted in His love for you and a display of His character and His expectations of us. Remember, we talked about last week that they are personalized, given to you. And we've laid out a brief outline of the Ten Commandments. We have stated that the first four commandments have to do with our relationship with God, and that the final six commandments deal with our relationship with others. And we've talked about how that means love the Lord and love one another. Before we stand and read this, I'd like to just share with you the number, 1,000. 736. And you're going, Jeff, is, that's, not an, that's not an important note-taking number. If you've already written it down, you'll be fine. 1,736 times. I spent time this week thinking about the number of spankings I had growing up. <laughs> if that's not the exact number, I'm not off by more than five or ten spankings. Now, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I lived through that. Um, I'm also pretty proud that of at least 1,500 of those times, I took my sister with me. <laughs> yeah, you don't ever want to go through that alone. That gave me something to look forward to because I was always first. And I can remember being young, I'd put on all three belts I owned when my mom was coming after me. And then she'd go to the drawer where my belts were because my mom would spank me with a belt and she couldn't find them. I didn't realize until later that that made her matter. <laughs> and I remember number 1,736 because my mom, she was coming after me that day and she had found the belt and she was working on me, but for the first time in my life, it didn't hurt. And I realized then that that made my mom mad because it's supposed to hurt. And so we got through all of that. My dad finally came in and he said, I think this time is over. He was meaning not just that spanking, but that was the last spanking I got because it stopped being effective. But 1,736 times within five or 10, okay? Stand with me. We read together from Exodus chapter 20. When you get to chapter 20, we're going to read one verse. It's verse 12. This is commandment number five. It says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Thank you. You may be seated. Keep your scripture up, and we're going to turn a couple of other places together. But we talked about our outline, and the first four we're about our relationship with God, and the final six are our relationship with others. So commandment number five is the first of the commandments 
that God has given us that is to instruct us on, on or about our relationship with others. So as I read this, this is a transitional commandment. Now, I don't mean transitional as in it's unimportant because this commandment, as we are going to see, carries a lot of weight and responsibility in Scripture on its own. But it is also the beginning of the transition to where we are to see ourselves moving forward in our relationships with others, and God uses it this way. Let me put it to you this way in simple terms. We are not able to keep commandment number five, honoring your father and mother, if we have not yet learned how to be obedient in honoring God in commandments one, two, three, and four. It's just not possible. You see, I believe that so many times in Scripture that the order of which we find them in Scripture are, is the order ordained by God, whether it be the fruits of the Spirit, whether it be the armor of God, the Ten Commandments, they build upon each other, and therefore, you also, we don't have a chance to keep Commandments 6 through 10 without understanding how to keep number 5. And we can't keep 5 without 1, 2, 3, and 4. Each one builds upon each other. So let's talk about this commandment for just a few moments together. We are to honor God. We've learned that over the last few weeks we've been talking about this. God, through his commandment, through this commandment, tells us to honor our father and mother. You see, our fathers and mothers were chosen by God to be a part of our lives. Now, I know that that represents many different stories in this room as it relates to who our parents are. But this, there must be a purpose for this command. You I mean, because it would be real easy to say, Jeff, I see why God put in one, two, three, and four. And then as we talk about six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, I see why God put that in there. And if we're not careful, we'll use this as a throwaway verse. You're saying God must have just needed another one, so he grabbed this one. No, it's a very purposeful way. It holds a position in our lives that we must allow. You see, church, we learn to honor our parents by honoring God. And we learn to honor and love others by honoring our parents. How we keep this command reveals how we are doing with the first four commands. And it indicates how effective we will be in the final five commands. In verse 12, you see it says honor. The word honor can be both a noun and a verb. As a noun, it means high respect, great esteem, and adherence to what is right or to a standard of conduct. As a verb, it means to regard with great respect to revere, to prize, to value. So therefore, honor is a thing and an action, something that we do and something that we feel. And Scripture speaks a lot about this commandment. We're going to pull out just a few places for you today. So if you're a note taker, you might want to be ready to jot down some passages. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, that's the second place that the full Ten Commandments are there. But Deuteronomy 5.16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, reads as this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Did you see 
Scripture New Testament is teaching us about Scripture Old Testament, which is teaching us about our relationship to others, which is based upon our relationship with God. I love how Scripture just continues to mount up its authority in our lives, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That's interesting. God says your life will be more full and perhaps longer if you honor your mother and father. Honor is giving respect not only for merit. You see, there are times when I've needed to obey my parents, honor my parents, not because I agreed with them, but because of the position that they held in my life as my parents. So I'm called to do that. It's what they deserve. But it's also because of their position. Whether we agree with them or not, they're our parents, so therefore we obey them. And then because of the way they live, we obey them. Scripture speaks of this command a lot. I just said that statement because I wrote it twice in here because I'm going to give you more Scripture. Jeremiah chapter 35, verses 18 and 19 says, And Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and kept all his precepts and done according to all he commanded you. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. Do you see how honoring father and mother allows God to continue to bless and grow the family tree? Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Now, I want you to turn this next place for me because God's very serious about this commandment. I ask you to turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. If you're using that pew Bible in front of you, you can turn to page 1,294. One, two, Nine four Romans chapter 1. When you get to Romans chapter 1, go to verse 28. There's something very enlightening here in these verses that we're getting ready to read. Romans chapter 1, picking up in verse 28. It's on page 1294 in the Pew Bible. Let me read verses 28 to 32. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting. You see how God's setting up? He's getting ready to provide us a list of things that are not fitting in his sight, that are considered debased, depraved, church. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only to do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. And that tells us two or three things, but let me see. Not honoring your parents is a sin. 
We tend to displace it. We tend to make it a low-grade challenge or problem in our lives because we go, well, I'm not killing anybody. Well, we're going to get to that in future weeks, okay? But in God's eyes, and church, let me tell you, we always need to view our, the Scripture, our lives, by how God is viewing us. And when God views us, he looks at us and he says, disobeying parents is just plain sin. There's no getting around it, church. Proverbs 30, verse 17, Scripture says, the eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. You know what that says? God will deal with sin when we do not seek to allow ourselves to love God and then honor our parents. God says, I'm going to have to get involved as God deals with sin. Let me show you how us else God is serious about this. Turn with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Now, Mark chapter 7, I'm just going to read a few verses in just a moment. I'm going to summarize a little bit of the story on our way there. But Mark chapter 7 is where I want to want you to turn to. If you're in that pew Bible, it's on page 1160. Mark chapter 7. Now, when you get to Mark chapter 7, Jesus has a group of scribes and Pharisees. If we begin reading in verse 1, come from Jerusalem to check upon him. You see, Jesus in his ministry is getting their attention. He's teaching people, he's feeding people, he's healing people, he's delivering people, he's doing miracles. We also know, based upon last week's sermon, that Jesus is not giving the Sabbath what they believe he should be doing on the Sabbath, but Jesus has begun to redefine even the Sabbath. And in verses 2 through 4, these Pharisees and these scribes that come from Jerusalem to check upon him, they find fault. They say, why do your disciples not wash your hands before they eat grain from the field? If we were to read these verses, they made statements like this in verse 2. Why are they defiled? Unless they wash in a special way, verse 3. Holding the tradition of the elders, process for washing everything. You see, there was a tradition and so our, the disciples of Jesus were not being convicted or condemned of a hygiene problem. This is not an issue that says your hands are dirty. This is an issue that the scribes and Pharisees are bringing up that says you're not doing things the right way based upon our tradition. So they asked Jesus, why? Let's look in verse 6 through 13 for Jesus' response to them because he doesn't hold back. Verse 6, Mark chapter 7, picking up in verse 6, says, He, that would be Jesus, answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. And he said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. 
You see what Jesus is saying is, whoa, 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 you've totally missed the mark. And then Jesus uses a specific example to teach them. Let's pick up reading in verse 10. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. That's Exodus 21, 17. But you say, if a man says to his father and mother, whatever profit you may have received from me is Corban, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Jesus called them hypocrites. He said, you stand here seeking to represent God, but you're a hypocrite, which means you're acting a part. You're playing a part. In verses 6 to 7, he's actually quoting from the book of Isaiah chapter 29 that says that you honor with words only, that your hearts are far from me. You worship in vain of no good, teaching man's laws as if they were God's laws. God is saying to them, you are not living before me as you should. Lack of honor. I want to encourage you. Stop and ask God to reveal to you now, because that's a, a stinging indictment that God says, you're making the traditions more important than the law. Ask, us to, ask God to reveal to you if you're hypocritical, you see, verses 8 says that if you hold the tradition of man, you, go, you put away the commandment of God. Tradition was created to keep people away from God. They attack the word of God. Verse 7, 8, and 9 says they teach the doctrines of God's word, laying aside God's word, rejecting God's word. In verse 13, robbing God's word of its power. Jesus gave them an example of all of the things that Jesus could have used to teach them how they were hypocrites, how they were wrong in the eyes of God. He chose commandment number five. I believe that he chose commandment number five because when we fail it, it shows us that we're failing commandments one, two, three, and four. And if we get to the point where we are keeping it, then we are setting ourselves up to be effective on commandments 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Jesus is teaching them the importance of this. There was a word in there I wanted to talk about for a second. You notice the word Corban. It's in verse 11. The word Corban, if you break it down, means a sacrifice or offering to God. And you're going, well, that sounds great. Well, let me tell you what it really did, how it played out when you read historically. The scribes and the Pharisees, these hypocrites, these people that were not in line with God nor his purposes, they began to use Corban. Corban was when you would dedicate all of your resources to God and you would, by tradition, set aside everything that you had and said that it can only be used to bring glory and honor unto God. And as you read right there, that means that when son turns to parents and parents have need, son says, I'm sorry, mom, I'm sorry, dad. Everything I have is Corban. Everything I have has to be used to bring glory and honor unto God, which is what, what they're saying. This is why Jesus is calling them hypocritical, is saying, 
me honoring you, me taking care of you is not honoring to God. You see how we can step away and allow the traditions to move us away from what God wants us to do? Church, it's a dangerous thing. Did you notice that they did one of the most dangerous things you'll ever find in Scripture? They used God as an excuse to not serve and obey God. Now, we go back to those 1,736 spankings for just a second. A bunch of them came because I started talking back to my mom, trying to tell her how she had said that this was okay or get her to somehow take some blame in it, try to get myself out of it. I found out that just makes her mad too. But that's what happens when we allow our tradition, God, I can't, mom and dad, I can't help you because I've given all of my resources to God, which means God's not calling me to do anything. Do you know, church? I've said it once or twice already. When we fail at commandment number five, it's an indictment that we have not appropriately understood and allowed our lives to be in line with commandments one, two, three, and four. And when we don't honor our parents, it defines us that says, and you don't have a chance to keep six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And so God put this right here. And Jesus said, and let me just give you the base. He said, the platform is love God and love others. And the first way you'll know you love others is when you love your parents, when you honor your parents, when you take care of your parents. Church, it matters how we live, even in those relationships. I look back and I've seen a lot of people in my family take great care of parents. It's a big deal the way we take care of our parents. When we're younger, by honoring them and obeying them, when we're older. And Jesus challenged these people with this transitional command. He shows them that they need to honor God, shows them that they're not honoring their parents, and he challenges them and said they'll never be able to keep the rest. We learn to honor our parents by honoring God. We learn to honor others by honoring our parents. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 and 23 says this, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you're awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law of light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So I want to give you, and I'm not going to speak to these. I just want to give you a quick seven ways that you can honor your parents. Seven ways. Number one, value your parents' world. I'm reminded all the time that the world I live in and that the world my sons live in is two different places. The world my dad lives in is a much different place than the world I live in. I need to value my father's world. 
I need to value where he came from, what he believes, what he learned, how he was impacted, you know, because we're always a culmination of all of the activities in our life leading up to that moment. So number one, value your parents' world. Respect your parents' age. Age matters. I hope the Lord gives me many, many, many years. But church, as I get older, I pray that my boys will create more honor for the long life that God has given me and not less. Value their age. See, there is never an age at which your parent stops being your parent. Model your parents' godly attributes. If your parents raised you to love God and to know God, then continue to live before God and know God in front of them. That is so encouraging. Parents, have you ever walked away after your kids have done something right and you go, man, that makes me feel good to see them doing the right things. So you want to model your parents' godly attributes. Let me tell you this. You want to protect your parents' individual dignity. I have an opportunity because of the position that God has placed me in to talk with many of you and many other people about help me figure out what to do with my parents. My parents this, my parents that. You know, I tell them, just make sure you understand and you keep the integrity of your parents. No matter what you need to do, there is a way to do it that is right. Their individual dignity. Fulfill your parents' essential joy. Sometimes that's a hard thing to do, and sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes it's a call. Sometimes it's a visit. You know your parent. You know what gives them joy. Do that. Provide for your parents' basic needs. Church, that's plain. They have a need. You meet it. Well, why? I've got a... The reason they don't have the ability to take care of their needs now is because they've been taking care of your needs forever. There comes a time when we need to take care of them. Number seven, just do it. Honor your parents. Know that what God says is best and right and just do it. Now, remember I mentioned that honor was a noun and a verb, a feeling and a thing. Unfortunately, not every parent deserves honor based upon their actions. I recognize that. And sometimes we face challenges when we view our parents. But the Christian seeking to obey this command is seeking to honor God first. Church, we don't have to obey ungodly parents. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 and 19 says, But I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves from with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. So you're going, so if my parent is not godly, you see some, I know I'm praying with you. Your parents aren't saved yet. Therefore, it's not possible for them to be living in a godly way. Or perhaps your parents are saved, but they're living outside of God's plan, and you're going, that makes it really hard for my life when my parents are not in line with God. 
Let me give you six things that you can do for your, to honor your parents if they happen to be ungodly. Number one, pray for them. Pray for them every single day. Pray for them. Come before God for them. Number two, keep trying to help them. Don't give up. You see, honor means to esteem, to understand the position. You don't have to enjoy everything, but you gotta stay in the fight. Keep trying to help them. Number three, model Jesus before them. Live for Jesus. You know the greatest thing that I can do for my father. And you're going, Jeff, you've not mentioned your mother. Well, if you've known me long enough, and some of you may not, my mother passed away about 25 years ago. So I keep leaning toward my father, but I mean parents in both situations. You know the greatest thing I can do for my father is live for Jesus. If I will live for Jesus, then Jesus will lead and guide me in how I am to live in this world and therefore how I am to be a son. Number four, exercise restraint in front of them. You see, we're talking about how we are to come before and honor parents that are ungodly. We have to exercise restraint because sometimes what they're going to do because they don't know Jesus yet is act in ways like they don't know Jesus. We can't be surprised by that. And we have to understand restraint and know what to say, how to say, and when to say. Number five, weep for them before God. Be broken before God for your parents. Because until they are right with God, their lives cannot be full. Weep for them before God. And the last one, with God's help, forgive them. Jeff, I could never forgive what they've done. That's why I said, with God's help, forgive them. You see, one day when this ungodly parent dies, you have to know, did you live your life for Jesus fully before them? Now, I'm not saying that what they did wasn't awful and it shouldn't have happened, but I am saying that God is big enough and he knows what he's doing and if you can forgive them, that might be a step that God uses to draw them to him. Honor your father and your mother. It's not a throwaway verse. Jesus positioned it and he said, hey, you hypocrites, you people who don't know me, let me show you the first thing I'll, I'll see in your life once you turn to me is you will honor your parents. Church, this is a big deal. 